Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of the Talking with Apes podcast. Today, we will be discussing the um, energy future of Europe. This conversation was sparked by the recent developments in Ukraine. So today we will discuss how can we reduce our dependency on Russian gas and how can we do that in the most green way possible. Because of course, we are climate activists. We want Europe to act in a moment where they have to change things anyways, as green as possible to ensure our future even after this conflict. Okay. Let's jump into it, I would say. Yes, let's do it. Um, I think um, the, f the first thing we need to, uh, um, to, set, to set the tone of the conversation is where we are right now. Right now, today is the, um, the 19th of March, 2022. Um, the situation in Ukraine is basically still the same since a week. Um, the recent thing, if you want to talk energy, actually like Russia went ahead and was like, hey, we actually like are considering cutting Nord Stream 1. Nord Stream 1, for those who don't know, is the gas line that runs from Russia to Europe and supplies, depending on the country, a lot of um, natural gas. To the, to for the Europe. Austrians, all of their national yes, gas. Yes, literally, 100% of the Austrian. Very little. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, worth to mention that Germany and Hungary, one of the bigger countries, are... Um, are like skittish because of this? Yes, very skittish. Um, they already came out and said uh, last Monday apparently that they would not support um, sanctions from the European side. So that's why Russia is like, oh, so we can hurt them that way. So that's where we are right now. Um, when it comes to also, on the other hand, the to, yeah, so, sorry, the but Ukrainian uh, energy network has been linked in minor ways with the European network right now. So. Uh, in order to give the Ukrainians a backup mm. in case more of their uh, energy plants get hit. get hit, they are connected uh, to the European production uh, or to the European network and thus also production. So energy could be sold to Ukraine in order to make sure that some lights stay on there and they have energy to do certain things, which, you know, also, of course, is, is a, a factor, but it's not position. that big of a factor. No, but they uh, they sped up the process uh, recently. It was always planned to happen, uh, but it was uh, sped up. It was uh, with, of course, the necessary precautions that if some like if a light bulb blows in Ukraine, it doesn't take out the entire the entire exactly. European yes. network. Right now, reducing the dependency on Russian gas is a priority, as like Kadri Simpson, the European Commissioner for Energy, said, reducing our dependence on Euro Russian gas is a strategic imperative for the European Union. In recent years, we have already significantly diversified our supply, building LNG terminals and new interconnectors. But Russia's attack on Ukraine is a uh, water moment. Next week, the commissioner will propose a pathway for Europe to become independent from Russia's gas as soon as possible. So I'm sorry for that little That, that was Most people zoned, zoned out in the middle of your sentence. I zoned out in the middle of your <laughs> sentence. But um, basically, the European uh, Union and the European leaders are very much like, hey, we probably should... Um, Yes, should deal up. with this. And uh, also something that's maybe important to note, uh, how are we dependent on this gas and why are we so dependent on this gas? Most of the gas is actually not used for uh, 
light bulbs, as you said, but for heating buildings yes. uh, within yes. Europe. It's not mainly for electric uh, electricity generation. It's actually a pretty small percentage of the whole thing, but it is significant. Yeah, gas usage... Mostly heating, yes. 50% of our gas is used for heating. So if we could make changes in that region, it would probably have like a bigger impact. And we can. Like the majority of... The I believe a third of European housing can be made more energy efficient. So that would be a quick fix, of course. Um, as well as uh, some other little things like... Yeah, uh, if you're jumping right, right yeah, so away how, into solutions... How can we make um, this happen? Yeah, if you're jumping right away into solutions, one of the bigger like things is, like you said, insulation for European houses. We just are not that efficient with our use of uh, gas to warm our houses. Um, and... Uh, it's it's very feasible to simulate the economy in a way. Um, I don't know if you've uh, we, we saw it the, just now when we were watching the news. Um, apparently, Italy had a program where they would uh, yes. encourage their citizens to build more insulated and more energy efficient um, heating systems in their houses, and they would the Italian government would pay you a hundred ten percent back. So. They will pay for the whole thing plus a ten percent bonus. Yes, something that actually worked pretty well, even though the whole thing was riddled with corruption. Yeah, another thing that Estensibly. can be done is incentivizing things like a heat pump, um, which is a very efficient way, but quite expensive way to um, yeah. make a house independent. Solar panels are still like if you were just talking in general. Um, because you could make a way, like you could heat your water using electricity. Of course, yes. That's just like something that happens. Like Yeah, uh, the combination of a heat pump and solar panels would basically mean that you are completely fossil fuel free in your house. Well, well combine depends that on where the electricity comes from. Combine that well, with if it comes good from your solar panels. That wouldn't be logical production. Not always. So you also need to be, and that's the other main thing, plugged into a larger energy yes. network. Exactly. Um, because... As Kinnan says, if you are still getting energy from a fossil fuel, like a gas power plant, then less green so. But um, solar panels are wonderful as a wind energy or, or like uh, water energy, like from turbines. But it only gets stable or it gets more stable the larger the network. So the ideal thing would be to have a ginormous network of... 10,000 millions of little producers and take and, and takers in, in, in all interconnected so that yeah. you... We see small-scale projects like that for little towns that have a... a what what do you call it exactly? Um, a corp... Co cooperative. cooperative. A cooperative energy source usually. Like even the Belgian government actually offers you like that legal pathway of if you have a little community, you can have... Yes, they tend to be very... They, they are very popular in they recent are. years. They are. Um, it's a very economically incentivized thing by the government, but honestly, it's like... If yeah. you want to talk about it, it's not the best implementation. Also, the Belgian government, to be very specific for a, for a brief second, has its own schemes in introducing those things. Co-op so, things. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one thing uh, when, when you have a cooperative that buys energy or that produces energy and owns those windmills, etc. And then you have another thing when the energy cooperative just buys energy of a multinational company. Exactly. Um, which is kind of a paper construction that um, delivers an empty box in the end. I but actually don't understand what the fuck you're talking about. 
it's a, it's a very specific thing. It's actually not worth going into much more. But the uh, the concept is um, renewable energy sources are inherently by design um, more decentralized. Yes. Than a nuclear power plant, yeah. for example, or a gas power plant, or anything like that. And we think it's like if you centralize it a bit more often, like you said, a gigantic network that, like, if every house produced energy on its own using solar panels. It's better to maybe get this energy to a one center that would be one one grid. Actually, not a center. It should they should all be interconnected so that, for example, when um, you, a car you produce is, too much energy, when a car is plugged in, you yeah. can store energy. Yeah. Uh, you can store extra energy in from another building in that car, even yeah. if that is not owned by the same person. For example, I mean, yeah, for but that it doesn't you would, need to be centralized. But you're talking a huge project now. I mean, well, the thing is, it's not. It's like it wouldn't be that big of a problem uh, of a problem if our current uh, energy grid would be able to take in enormous amounts of electricity, and it's not designed that way. It's something that we've seen now in Belgium as well with the solar panel. When uh, the Belgian government basically promised its citizens that, hey, if you if you sell us back your energy, so you have solar panels on your home. Yeah, are you going to tell it or me? <laughs> oh, you can tell it. Okay, so basically the Belgian government Sorry. promised its citizens that when you have uh, solar panels on your roof, you can sell back the extra electricity into the grid. But then they realized that their grid isn't strong enough to support that system on in the long term, and more and more people were doing it. And then they said, oh, now you can't do this anymore. So a lot of people uh, that calculated for those gains when buying the solar panels are now dealing with budgetary issues. Um, I mean, of course, it's still beneficial to them to have solar panels, but they can't sell the energy back anymore. But this proved to us that the grid is not prepared to have this sort of two-way street no. yet. But it also proves, it's a proof of concept of having an interconnected grid where certain, like your individual house will produce enough energy that can be brought back to the grid and then re redistributed uh, in the most efficient way. It's possible. It's a proof of concept. And once the grid is more modernized, which is a lot of money. Um, yes, of course, not doing that also costs a shit ton of money. Exactly. So we are kind yeah. of... The, it's this, it seems to be the smarter uh, way of doing things, um, but not intended. To, to have a smart grid is the way forward, uh, as it will also increase the efficiency of your energy production and usage. Uh, if every piece of that grid is in communication with each other, um, as is already demonstrated by like wind farms, in which Definitely. each single uh, winter my some systems even have a, an AI thing yeah, exactly. going on where like where is the most needed part and like it it starts learning on its own machine learning, where the system learns how to distribute the energy in the most efficient way. So that's probably going to provide, as it already does, an economic bonus to countries that implement such a thing. Hence, it will become a dominant concept. It is a bit of a future technology, though, what we're describing right now. It's a huge investment yes, that yes. will take more than... Like, let's say Russia cuts off gas right now. Oh, then we're fucked. But we're not fucked. Relax, don't catastrophize. If they cut it off tomorrow, we are fucked. No, they're also fucked. 
Yeah, they are also See, fucked. That's we the are thing. collectively it, it, fucked. It's 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 a question of who lasts longer, right? They do the shitty thing. They're fucked. We're fucked for well, a while. I mean, we'll probably last like, longer. No, no, no. Like, as a European citizen, you're not really fucked. Like, here's the thing. Let's say you have less natural gas tomorrow. First of all, we're reaching the summer. You do mm-hmm. not need that much heating. Second of all, there are steps that you can take, like... If the heating is no issue, at least in these next three months, for the electricity manufacturing and for the electricity generation, you already have Germany um, doing so much more when it comes to green energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you would probably see the Americans, et cetera, step in because exactly. there is a geopolitical interest for them as well to exactly. really do this. And, and even the OPEC countries, like we still have some fossil fuel going on. Oh, yeah. Like, we I'm would so reopen every exact. gas plant and every nuclear power. Not necess- I don't think so. I mean, nu- nuclear is a, is a different question. Nuc- yes. Germany is already like, hey, maybe we we need this. But geopolitics is an incredible motivator to do whatever the fuck you can. Um, sure, so but like, but I, I, I think like you. This got this cuts both ways, right? The green agenda could also use the geopolitical incentives to hey push that we need renewable energy and we need to. Uh, yes. Certainly. Yes. Um, actually, the renewables, while they can be constructed in the short term very quickly, like a matter of months for yeah. certain things, are still not going to immediately be a solution to no. the fact that we are in a geopolitical conflict with Russia at the moment and they're not going to solve our dependency of that in but, this conflict. But building new nuclear, for example, is impossible because it takes about it's 10 years impossible. before yes, yes. a nuclear plant is but operational. But, for example, the Belgian government, under the pressure of yes, the current conflict, is keeping open all yes. nuclear, nuclear power plants, which it just seems to be closing. But there are a couple of things that we could do right now that could significantly aid the situation. And the interne- on a consumer level? No, also on a on a policy level. The International Energy Association has released right, right. Um, a list of things that they recommend the European governments do. Uh, things like, I mean, first of all, obviously, do not get into more contracts with Russia about gas, so don't sign any new gas contracts. Um, uh, But also, like, replace Russian supplies with alternative sources. Um, Introduce minimum gas storage uh, obligations, which is something I didn't really think about before, but, like, you could store a certain amount of gas, which would decrease your immediate dependency. Um, uh, Accelerate the deployment of wind and solar, obviously, which could reduce um, gas use by over 6 billion cubic metrics uh, within a year. So that's like really short term. Um, So, you know, like there is a lot of... You could look up the article that they released. uh, The international... Yeah. it, they use the abbreviation IEA, International um, Energy Agency. Yeah, and the the article is called "How Europe Can Cut Natural Gas." Well, included in the description yes. uh, of the podcast. Uh, look for that. Um, something like uh, if you're wondering, maybe you're like, "Oh, but why can't we just get gas from somewhere else?" We can. We can. But the the please don't. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I get where you're coming from from a, an environmental activist yes. point of view. But at the same time, like if you're talking here uh, of uh, uh, meeting demand, um, 
it's it's interesting to point out that our deal with Russia when it comes to European mainland is just very efficient because we're transferring gas in its natural form through pipelines. Yes, if you're yes, buying we're gas, not putting it on a giant oil tanker and exactly, shipping it across the Atlantic exactly. like we would do. You're not using energy to liquefy it gas. and make it uh, like it is so efficient that kind of um, no, no, true. gas. Like that's why. There is this whole fucking thing of greenwashing gas, right? Natural gas, because yes. it's like the the way it the reason it's greenwashed that way is because compared to much more uh, sh- compared to shipping gas from across the world in a liquefied tank, it is so much more efficient, and that's why it's much cheaper, and that means it's 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 much more efficient than uh, fossil fuel. So. That's something that if you haven't thought about it, it's just like Nord Stream and the reason why Germany wanted and Europe wanted Nord Stream 2 is because that efficiency of transferring gas between Russia and mainland Europe. Yes, definitely. And uh, that's lost. So I think we all agree that the solution would be heavily relying on renewable energy, maybe leaving nuclear plants open uh, on the short term. It's better than opening new gas centrals. I and, agree with that. Uh and I mean, and getting an end to the conflict in general. I mean, hey, of course, of course. But even if you take worst case scenario, Russia can't really keep up its economy going without selling gas to somebody. They can no, sell to China. What you said is what you said is very correct. It, in that sense, the gas connection between uh, Western Europe and Russia uh, is kind of also a version of mutually assured exactly. economic destruction. It's, if they turn off the pipeline. They're also going to hurt. It's, uh, we talked about it in the last episode with the interdependent economy. Um, yes, yes. That's just the way it works. And yes. uh, if 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 it's really like both both countries are, both uh, parties are, hey, like we're bluffing in the way we can outlast you. I think it's safe to say that mainland Europe has a bit of an edge there. Yeah, definitely. Like, let's let's take a deeper dive into how energy supply of a country and politics are intertwined because i think there's a great video by cpg gray also about how if a country is like very uh, heavy in its oil exports it can often go together with a more um authoritarian regime because they don't have to lie on rely on an economy that uh, relies heavily on workers. It relies heavily on It's not on a service one. economy. Take Saudi Arabia or the United Arab Emirates. Exactly. Their whole service uh, sector is 80% of foreign workers yes. who are basically slaves. Yes. So uh, also Russia, right? Like Russia is a bit less extreme than Saudi Arabia in this, but the, the economy relies very heavily on gas. And that's how you get this sort of mutually assured destruction that's even worse on Russia's side in a way because they are so like Putin is Gazprom, like he's so reliant. Gazprom, uh, isn't that the name of the company? Oh, I think it is. I'm just actually yeah. not sure. I, I, I just didn't. Sure. Yeah. Um, I thought like you were talking, calling him the Gazprom Queen or something. <laughs> Gazprom. I mean, we and can we like, can put it like that. Like imagining <laughs> he's Putin the queen of the prom. It's the not wrong. The, <laughs> um, the Gazprom. But yeah, so he's he's the queen of the gas from um, and yeah, it's uh, it, it it creates a, a a position where he has a lot of money. He's been this, like he is the richest man alive when it comes yes. to cash assets. Um, it's just that like these cash I mean, assets, like you said, for for the for a, for the Russian Federation, for the Russian government, 
It's like imagine if the United Arab Emirates would have no more oil ever. Now, for the Emirati uh, citizen, they would be like, "Oh, shit! Our government is actually extremely authoritarian, and we don't have money anymore. What do we do?" That's what you, that's what basically what you're talking about, right? It's the idea of if um, Putin can't sell ra- gas to Europe anymore. Exactly. It will reach a point where the authoritarian within, like the authoritarian, um, what's the word? It's like the crushing. Well, yeah, if you guy. don't have anything but, but brute bird force. poop on rocks to, to go for your economy, yeah. you need to get value from but something else. So exactly. your population needs to provide value. Yeah. So they will probably have more of a say in what happens. Yeah, in because the even the Russian military the and even the Russian strongmen that are actually like supportive of Putin. Like, how are you paying them? How are you feeding them? Yeah, and it's really easy to crush people if all you need to do is protect a pipeline or protect a sort of oil drilling uh, house. And, like, you have all the money coming from that one source. But if you want to, like, um, crush people and you need them... To work, like you, you, you need, need to, for the economy. you need to build the country out to a higher standard of living. Um, yeah, I think, um, like I've heard some people call this whole thing, like if you really want to look at the best case scenario, it might be a catalyst for a more people-run Russia. Which uh, depends if you get rid of the giant gas exports, but the chances of that are low. It's just the best case scenario reading. But it's not only yes, the gas thing, yes, it's also just like if, if just like this whole thing really bombs out for Putin, the, the authoritarian hold will, like you already see it, they already kicked all of the media companies. Um, the Russian people being arrested in, within Moscow, is there's a video of that every day literally every day the russian national tv was the national broadcast was interrupted by rogue journalists who condemned the war in ukraine and walked off this is literally unheard of and the russian astronauts in the uh, international space station um decided to uh, go to their colleagues and wear yellow and blue outfits where uh, yeah but none of those things are if we stick speaking in the most strict of of power politics ways none of those things no. harm his but they, position but then you talk of the oligarchs and the people who actually have all of the money they also yeah, have but happened. the us is a populist uh, oligarchy like they also have an enormous influence of of their of their top company owners of their top billionaires and they do it with popular support it's a different kind of oligarchy mm. but they also maintain it of course yeah I but mean, if you want to do that you can't be as autocratic and as crushing as putin is being and i think actually russia is already like it's not like saudi arabia it's not as crushing it's not as clear division no, of you are monarchy, slaves and we are the sorry it's not an absolute monarchy no. like Saudi exactly. Arabia is, but and and in that sense, like it's not democratic either. But in no. that sense, I think there is room for the Russian people to actually do some sort of revolution. Yeah, to get a softer bourgeois go- yeah. government. Exactly. And we are getting back to the like the previous I mean, yeah, episode's topic, basically, like talking about Russia again. 
Um, just to go back on topic, like with the energy thing, right? We're just like saying that this energy thing might be just one of the more one of the factors that might um, accelerate the. Like, here's the thing: every kingdom in the history, every empire, every strong dictator eventually falls. That is just the way it goes. Eventually, the guy will die, or he will be overthrown. Yes, and this might be an accelerator. The idea that Russia can't be selling gas to mainland Europe anymore. I mean, the climate crisis is gonna do this. Yes, that's also an accelerator. Like, it's also gonna overthrow the Saudi government in the <laughs> end. I mean, can't wait to see that. It's gonna happen. Like, if 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 Europe, like, let's just and America, call it a government. It's actually a monarchy. Yes. If sorry, sorry, sorry. That is true. Sorry. Like, they well, monarchies have a government. You have, yeah, like Fair a enough. king had. Fair enough. Like the French absolute monarchs had ministers. Okay, let's not argue semantics. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna overthrow these people because they're so reliant on this, and it's gonna become worthless when nobody wants to use it anymore, and nobody. Yeah, but wants getting to that point where nobody wants to use it anymore is a bit more tricky, I believe. Yeah. But we have to get to that point within the next so, twenty years. Yes, yes. Do you both that's agree that of course that's its own like it's, it's a good thing that we're boycotting Nord Stream One? Like obviously Germany and Hungary is like no, we can't do that. We rely too much on it. Um, but do you think in general? Yeah, but Germany itself has also done it. Like Germany said that they're gonna stop the construction. Eventually. Yes, eventually not, they said like, it. They, they do not condone the idea of proposing sanctions on the current energy get got from Russia. Yeah, the current no, one. No, and that's probably the smartest. It's a bit too drastic. I mean, it would be further escalation of, 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 of the situation. But the truth is, they're also not willing to do to to make systematic changes either. Like we that still see a quite limited investment in certain uh, projects. We still see the continuation of other fossil fuel projects. We still see this giant hydrogen bubble uh, being propagated, as we, which we talked about uh, on this podcast earlier, uh, in an earlier epi episode. So we're also not seeing full democratization of, to, of, of the energy production towards mm -hmm. uh, the general population. We're still seeing the same energy market systems in which you know energy is sold at like the most expensive price. We're just trying to band-aid the whole thing, to keep yeah, it... Yeah, exactly. Like, just like more band-aids, more band-aids. So there is a real opportunity to... to push for systemic changes in, in, in the entire that's what we way we do energy. For, I think. But that's not what the current governments are doing. No. Probably because you still have giant players and like Exxon, like Total, who are, by the way, Shells. also using this opportunity to be hailed as heroes by pulling out of Russia. Not only that, they are making the most money in their history. Oh, yes. Their stocks are through the roof. They are the most... Like, it's it's just insane. Like we we talk about all of this uh, shortages and like the benzene prices going up and all of this, but nobody's saying, hey, maybe what if like Shell doesn't make as much money? Like we look at France, um, the French government forced well, I don't know the name of the company, but they've like it's a state the state owned energy the state owned company. energy company. They forced them to yes. sell at lower than market prices. Hey, what's this? What's the result? We made less money. Oh no! Why is that a, such a bad thing? Because, but but but, but the capitalists, Keenan. <laughs> we have to grow it at least like, two percent every year. Personal I, profit, Keenan. <laughs> see, like I, I know like, I'm always the boring person who tried to like uh, point the direction of the conversation into like 
maybe capitalism is the problem. It is. But yeah, maybe uh, the idea of making profit with exponential, endless, limitless growth is not the greatest thing in the world. Yes. And uh, one more thing I, I want to mention is uh, when it comes to systemic changes is the idea of elec election cycles, right? Our politicians make decisions and they also have the objective not only to rule the country and make it better, is to get re-elected. Yes. So when we talk about a 20 years old long-term solution plan, these politicians are like... Yeah, we're ah! lacking a bit in that department. Yeah, like they don't want to do that. Like, I, I hate to mention nuclear as an example, but nuclear is one of these examples. Like, the, One of the reasons why nuclear declined in popularity so much is it is such a long-term investment. Yes. It is extremely long-term. So compared to a gas plant or a gas uh, refinement uh, plant, Instantly. you can build it literally in one year and already make revenue. It is crazy. Not only profits-wise, but also it, like political, hey, see what I did? I did things. Re-elect me. And I don't know how we, like, this is probably a topic for another podcast. Also, nuclear is not a popular thing you it get as a politician because there is a constant fight of, where are we going to put it? Because no municipality wants it. Yeah. Let alone that any municipality would want the storage of the waste that comes yeah. along with it. But even even the investment in like the research, right? Yes, it's, is, hey, uh, it's like, big. It takes a lot of money. It takes a long time to produce. And, and of for course, a politician, it, it is not and, and I think that's like a problem that we need to talk about. How do we incentivize yes. politicians to actually rule in the best interest rather than I want to get re-elected? In that sense, the European Union has been a bit of an alleviation since together with... We see two, two blocks at the moment being very progressive on... Uh, long-term plans. On, on, on long-term plans in terms of energy, the energy transition. One is China, which of course can do that because it's... Uh, <laughs> It is run as a company. I mean, there is a top-level executive system but which aren't says... aren't they communists? This is what we need. <laughs> yes, communism is just a more efficient way of running a company, I would argue. <laughs> but, and then the EU, it, it can't make decisions now for, for tomorrow because it can make a decision today for tomorrow because it would have to consult with all the heads of state. It would have to consult with its own parliament. It would have to blah, blah, blah. So it naturally makes decisions over a longer period of time, yeah. which coincidentally makes it so that or inherently forces it to make decisions over a longer period of time to be meaningful in any way. That is true. I actually, I think a benefit. It's, 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 it's a worthy argument of, like, uh, like we said, we looked at Germany, we looked at Hungary, we looked at Austria. God, we rely so much on gas. So like we have these little different countries that have different plans of approach because they have different needs and different requirements. But when you have the EU as the, the entity that tries, hey, maybe we should look at this as a, a full entity, you get a much more coherent strategy. Yeah, but and for uh, example, they have chosen the, the, the smart interconnected grid, integrated grid as their master plan yeah. to work towards. Is that going to be across Europe or like? Yeah, yeah, that's, that is actually uh, that's a European yeah. strategy. Of course, what the EU always is lacking is... Enforcement? Authority to a certain degree and also resources to a certain degree. It still, it doesn't take that much for all the complaints of right-wing politicians. The EU doesn't take that much of the mm. national and budgets of countries to, to be run. And looking at that future that you're describing, how much time is left until we reach that? I mean, Before in, what in happens? In terms of ecological, the 
like necessity. We have about at the current rate a decade less than. Um, which of course the EU would have to amp up its action because it still has enough more than uh, enough uh, fossil fuel plants that are agreed upon that have that are greenlit basically ready to be constructed in the drawer to blast us over that limit to blast us over the budget we have so those would need to be annulled you would have to massively shift investments you would have to up investments in general um but it could do it i mean if anything the eu is at the moment together with china one of the most like capable entity seemingly when it uh, comes to international policy definitely as we all look sideways with blame at the usa where not that much is happening uh, i do like can you imagine a world where the usa is not run by a couple of companies yes does it look nicer yes i agree it also looks partially on fire to begin with because <laughs> i don't think those couple of companies would relinquish their power Mm, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying imagine this company is going down. I'm saying I'm saying imagine them not existing and uh, never being allowed into I, the political I, system within the United States. I was thinking I mean, of Amazonian warriors, as in Amazon's warriors, in the middle of the Rust Belt. But like, <laughs> that's the thing, right? Do you need to go that far? Wouldn't it be enough to maybe make Amazon pay more than zero taxes a year? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, if you would just use that money. To maybe invest in other infrastructure and like a greener. I'm not advocating grid. for a conflict, an open conflict with Amazon. No, but you wouldn't need to do more, I believe, than than tax it very heavily. You would need yeah. to change the power dynamics in society. Yeah, but you even in, in Europe, change. right? We have a lot of companies but, that uh, uh, have a lot of saying. Um, lo the lobbying of gas companies, the lobbying. Yes, um, very powerful like, lobby. I know we have we as Europeans or like as citizens of the EU are a lot of um, times look at the US and I'm like. Eh, look at what the US is doing. Such crazy shit, man. But I think it's 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 prudent to realize that basically the US is an accelerated version of whatever we have here. Most of the mm, time... In some ways, yes. In other know? ways, it seems that the USA is not fully... Go is not as, as hyped about the third industrial revolution at the moment. No. Um, probably because they have some you know, domestic problems concerning politic, their political system, etc. Um, yeah, I think like, like take for example the whole thing like I mentioned about the election cycles, right? With how limited long-term plans can you make. If you take the US with its two-party system, it's like you get elected mm. Mm, yeah, and for the next four years, you need to get re-elected. And you need to, in the US especially, it's very interesting because with the presidential system, you need the president... And you need both chambers of the of yes. Congress in order to be able to do a and lot. And otherwise, it's like literally gridlocks. Like, yeah. Like right now, Biden's government is basically almost useless because the Republicans control so much of the House. I mean, it could still do a bit more, as we saw with like executive orders, etc. But it's also choosing not to. Yeah, I mean, definitely. But yeah, that's yeah. that's the USA, but yeah, of course. But I'm just like but saying it's... Um, the EU is a union which also is constantly looking to grow which for the idea of like an energy network is an inherent benefit of because course. you're looking to, you have an economic or your structure is designed to integrate more other small networks into the larger network. I mean, if we're talking like contextualizing, like, like what is the utopia version of this whole thing? A global energy network yes. where all of the resources of the Sahara Desert and the deserts in Texas and California and the wind turbines in the Netherlands. And yeah. 
like it's all it's one global connected network. You could operate right? it as a as a as the wind patterns basically. But if it bl- needs to, you can slow, slowly move energy in this direction. If there is a low pressure point yeah. there, and this is pointing yeah. to the right. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, to the left or to the north of the planet, to the south of the planet, depending on where you yeah. need and it. This is absolutely impossible, basically, with with our current uh, like who's gonna who's gonna be making the money out of this. And in the short term, I think it's really important to yeah. make. Upping your own uh, insulation and like these things on the small scale are also super important yeah. in order to make that. That's reliable and gas. And for those that can afford it, organize and demand your government sets up a third payer system or yes. set up a third payer and system like, yourself. Or yeah. like something like what the Italian government said, which we uh, did, yeah, which we said in the beginning. Uh, actually, what's also imp- uh, interesting to mention, uh, even though they basically gave people free money um, because they gave them 110% of what they paid on their upping of if energy efficiency. They still, uh, in the GDP, even though there was also problems with corruption and there was problems with like other things, they still made money GDP-wise. It from grows the, the jobs, Italian government actually. made money. Yes. More people it, are it employed in the renewable ins- energy sector. An insane amount of jobs. I forgot the exact number, but it was more than 100,000 jobs just because of this policy. Um, yeah. And yeah, right now in Belgium, I don't even I think... You, you get any sort of financial oh. incentive. And not only that, we're also talking like a post-pandemic, like let's not forget, we are talking a post-pandemic economy here. We need something to incentivize the economy. Exactly. I, I'm not an economist, but I know that right, right. now there's basically like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I work in IT, otherwise. Yeah, also it's not like we have an overflow of people that are over ambitious about their jobs. No, we know that a lot of people feel like they're not contributing anything to society, even though they have a job and they're getting paid for it. Nobody wants to work anymore. So, <laughs> no, people do want to work. They I just know. don't want to. It's, it's a reference to Kim I Kardashian know, being an I asshole. Know. Get off your ass and Somebody work. made a joke like we should have a season of sweeping with the Kardashians where <laughs> she is like a, a maid that has yes. to clean people's houses and then she has to read quotes of herself all day. I mean, uh, do you remember that whole thing uh, that was shown once on ContraPoints channel with... Uh, what, Gigi something uh, that goes to like, oh my God, is this a co-write? Uh, I, I, I've never Gigi been... Gigi Gorgeous. Gigi Gorgeous. Yes. Like the really rich person who the, for the first time goes to a supermarket. Yeah. This like the crazy. internet is a strange place. It um, is. It is. Um, okay, so let's maybe end this episode on what what should we now do? Should we protest? I mean, yeah, you as an individual, like you said, here's the thing. On an energy consumption level and on like gas consumption levels, um, as an individual, you can think of next year. Next year, when the winter comes, it's better to have an insulated house. Obviously, this is not something easy. You can't just move out of your apartment. You're probably a renter. Our target audience is probably just broke students. To be fair, rental apartments are usually much better in their energy consumption because the other apartments yeah. around you also warm your apartment. Yeah, and um, something I'm going to steal also from the International Agency of, Electric- uh, of Energy, um, it's the idea of how much more energy efficient we are when it comes to um, working from home. In the pandemic, working from home yes. proved that it is such a save of um, fossil fuel and oil and gas to just stay home. 
So um, yeah, so like work well, from home at least three home. out of four days. If you have workers that work for you, maybe here's a crazy idea. Maybe instead of a five working uh, week, let's have a four days working week. <gasps> mm. That sounds like socialism, Keenan. Yeah, like. Uh, Do I you want know. the economy to plummet in Switzerland? Switzerland have a Sunday uh, car-free Sundays. Which saves them a lot of energy. Yeah. Also, this um, is. I yes. mean, energy is of course the basis of the entire society. Exactly. Almost. So like you, this, it, it, so many things. Like, you, you could focus on natural gas, but in the end, this is just about the also, way we get energy. Yeah, yes. and also like, uh, like vote for people that want to make trains and night trains and long yeah. distance trains much Public more accessible. Transportation. Because we want to travel cheaply. Without having to take a plane, we as the young people of Europe, I think a lot of us want to have that in the future. Yeah, so. I mean, I, like, like something like if we want to get into our personal lives, I've gotten a car recently, and it's just like it's so much easier to get around. And that doesn't mean that I support more cars. It just means that our like it just proves that our current transportation system is you either get a car or you're fucked. Yes, you like you do not have the fast and efficiency. And even of. with a car, you're partially fucked because you're in traffic. So it's just less fucked. Way less fucked, Tom. Trust me. Yes, like, yes. It's, it's just so much more efficient to get whatever you want to go. And I think that's bullshit. I don't think you should be either getting a car or, oh, I guess um, I'm going to waste two hours in the train because our train network, our tram network, our public transportation network is just not designed to be um, large scale and like our main way of transporting people is cars yes. and that should just change yes also for goods it should also be a much more heavy yeah. i mean yeah but if you're going to regulate the street for one thing it's probably trucks like supply chains are just going to be relying on trucks yeah and then also it's the question okay how do these trucks run is it going to be uh, electric is it going to be hydrogen is it going to be on such long distances the technology is still not there. It's going to be benzene, as it is right now. But, you know, like... Still better than planes, you know? Definitely better than planes. And um, we also like um, the idea of... Think about the idea of, hey, maybe we use less energy. Like, maybe as a population, we just use less energy. And that's something that can happen if the demand is not being met. If the European governments fail to find a substitute for the Russian gas and the Russian government decide to stop giving us gas, like, if you follow that thread, okay, we use less energy. And that's usually not a very good thing. Like, you might think, oh, that's great then. We're using less energy. But it's usually accompanied by um, damp economies, economic crises, depressions. Yes, I think it's important to be willing... But you to, should be willing, yeah. To not let uh, something like the Russian government control you. like. But like there was this action uh, of a couple of Germans who turned off their lights for an hour uh, to, demon, uh, to, do, to show that they would rather turn off their lights for an hour every day than to have like new gas uh, you centrals know. pop up. But um, it's, yeah, it's not the best solution because it will also harm low-income people, etc. Okay, uh, thank you for listening, everyone, and we will see you next week. Yes, we'll see you next week. Have a very good... I don't know whatever you're listening to. Don't forget to subscribe. 
Bye-bye. Bye. Subscribe.